0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead.
1: I am Dr. Marilyn Singleton and welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. We are always a beat ahead. Today is the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Some of his ideals hit home in this time of media-induced divisiveness. In reality, we all know that most people are good to one another, or at the very least, civil. There's always outliers who are jerks. We know that, and there's not a whole lot you can do about them except ignore them or call them out on their behavior if it's adversely affecting you. I don't think it's being a Pollyanna to think this way. Our politicians have failed to show leadership and inspiration. Therefore, we have to live our best life in our own worlds, our family, our friends first. As George Washington said, our family is our first government. Maybe from improving our immediate attitudes, we can keep up the pressure on our government to respect us as individuals, rather than as members of favored or disfavored groups. Since it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I thought about some of his quotes that he talks about recapturing our humanity let's everybody knows this first one i have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character he also said intelligence plus character that is the goal of true education he said I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that the unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. And finally, something that I think America Out Loud stands for is our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. We do have to do something. These culture wars do matter. People suddenly dumping friends, students and adults are struggling with isolation and anxiety and depression. And all of us, especially our children, need ways to strengthen our most positive traits and deal with our negative emotions. So how do we learn to live in a space grounded in human dignity rather than fear? Well, to answer that question, I am so fortunate to have someone who knows this topic well, and he's gonna talk about this with us tonight. Jason Littlefield has been an educator for over 20 years, He established Empower ED Pathways in 2017 and co-designed the Empowered Humanity Theory that's a framework for life, leadership, and learning. From 2014 to 2021, he was a social and emotional learning specialist for the Austin Independent School District. He has served students and families from around the world, including Taiwan, China, and in parts of Africa. Welcome, Jason Littlefield, to
0: the show. Thank you, Marilyn. Uh, I appreciate you having me here for this most important conversation on this most important day at this uh, quite most important time in our human history. And I would like to begin by talking about Martin Luther King Day in twenty thirteen, uh, I was living in Benin, Africa at the time, and I was a judge of a speech contest at the u s embassy. And the speech was young Beninese students that were that had written these speeches and were given these speeches about Dr. King and what his legacy meant to them as they are building a young nation. Because
1: Uh-oh.
0: And they have had their government corruption and, and everything else, but just hearing these young people talk about what Dr. King's message meant to them and creating a more united Africa. And I was sitting at the U.S. Embassy outside with the American flag, the Benin flag, and you could hear the ocean outside and that was the, I mean, that's the same ocean that gave birth to the slave trade. So just sitting there in that moment reflecting on American history, human history, and how Dr. King's message of essentially balancing anger and love, and principles of liberty and freedom, and really trying to figure out how can we all get along? What is our vision? Well, Being in that moment was just a very, and it, it really hit home with me because as a child, you know, I, I, uh, I entered kindergarten in 1980. So I was kind of the first generation to go to an integrated school and we all knew that. Where,
1: where was this? And in, in, this was in this was Texas, in,
0: in East Texas, in mm-hmm. Nacogdoches, Texas. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, we understood the sins of our father literally, you know, uh, and we felt we had a, a different responsibility to do things differently and what we are encountering now is that so that same very spirit that we summed up of dr king's message and that whole idea that pure idea right now is being sandwiched between a bottom-up and a top-down revolution that is trying to squeeze that idea out Mm -hmm. and the only way that we as human beings and humankind can preserve that spirit and that message is to come together and unite in our culture immediately tear down those republican democrat conservative liberal immediately tear down those barriers that have been built up to divide us and to unite within the culture to preserve that spirit so that the at least the bottom down revolution will will die out
1: Well, okay, you mentioned that part of this is sort of a bottom-down mentality, and we're being led by these worthless leaders and and fear-mongering media. What else do you think is wrong with society these days? I mean, there's so much nastiness and the crime with no remorse, it seems, and people texting each other when they're sitting right there in the same room. When they could talk face to face, what has happened to society?
0: Well, the most simplest and easiest answer is we have, we are systematically and institutionalizing dehumanization. And whenever we do that, we automatically justify treating somebody poorly. So we are increasing our human capacity, those natural wired in capacities for prejudice, aggression and cruelty and strengthening our in that in group bias preference as well, just by the way that we are socially organizing and how the media is And politicians really tap into that fear element, I heard you say, because once the fear is primed, all of our brain's activity is in the amygdala, which once all of the activity is in that fight, flight, or freeze part, we are completely disconnecting from rationality and compassion and those types of thinking. So what's oh, getting, wrong with society? Getting us down to our animal, yeah,
1: animal
0: yeah, what, selves. Yes. What's wrong with society is that we are priming our worst human capacities and tampering down our most positive and benevolent traits.
1: Well, I want to backtrack here a minute because... I wanted to kind of settle in what you said, how our negatives are being uh, expanded and, and the positives are being decreased, they're being minimized. I want you to tell your journey that you had to this whole realization and wanting to actually sit down and do something about it. Start from the top.
0: Okay. Uh well I'll go back to twenty twelve when I was kind of disillusioned at the public school system in general and uh excuse me, I lost I lost my train of thought. Oh, and I, I understood the mechanisms at play in our culture. Uh, I saw, you know, the potent, the dehumanization and the emphasis on the, the group rather than the individual and some of those, uh, the political undertones of that culture as well. So that's when I decided to leave. So the first part of my journey was I recognized it about 10 years ago, and I thought that the best decision that I could make at that time to avoid – What was coming was to basically get rid of all of my possessions and make a commitment to live in China for a couple of years. Uh, However, that couple of years was only a few months because of visa issues, and then I was transferred to Benin and odd situations there. Brought me right back to the U.S. within a year of what was supposed to be a forever move. And then in 2014, I became a social and emotional learning specialist. And part of that work, that's where the equity, diversity and inclusion and anti-racism trainings really came in. So those trainings entered my workspace around, I would say, 2017. And from 2017 to 2021, steadily, steadily ramped up and ramped up so much so that in 2021, my job description as a SEL specialist completely went away and I had to reapply for my job. But because there was a new job description that was written and that part of that description meant advancing the new ideology, which is the dehumanizing ideology. I was guaranteed my job back if I applied and I said, no, I so in that moment, I walked away from public education after 21 years So I could try to bring out, bring in some more unifying humanity centered ideas, but from 2017 to 2021, I constantly questioned and pleaded for conversations because I, I understood that we were headed to a really bad, dark place And there was never going to be anything positive happen because we are institutionalizing the dehumanization of the other, and everyone is an other. And we are priming emotions like shame and resentment and fear and... We are suddenly removing objective truth and virtues of beauty and goodness, and the idea of the individual is worthy. The individual is the center of society. So once I realized we are actually removing that idea out of the hearts and minds and institutions of everybody in this nation right now, then those, then that idea, those ideas of Dr. King of liberty, of love and logic will die out within a generation. So my journey now is I am the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Empowered Pathways, And what I do is I provide uh, corporate trainings, educator professional developments around a framework that I call Empowered Humanity Theory. And essentially, it's a set of attitudes and practices that strengthen the neural circuitry associated with our psychological well-being while decreasing that capacity for prejudice you know the the if you look at concepts like diversity equity and inclusion and anti racism and you apply those words through a classical liberal framework then what i'm trying to promote makes makes sense however i'm the only I'm the only person in the country and the world that is promoting a humanity-centered framework for well-being in the hopes of preserving human liberty.
1: Well, let's stop right there because there's a lot of stuff to unpack and and describe what social emotional learning is and and what the principles are. And it's interesting um, bringing up critical race theory, CRT, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about a bit more after the break, is um, that I think more people are springing up and that they push the pendulum too far And people realize, no, I'm more than just a racial group. I'm me, I'm a human, and I have my own personal traits. And don't judge me, just like Dr. Martin Luther King says, don't judge me by the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. So before we come back, I know everybody has heard me talk about COFIX-RX. Flu season is here. COVID's still roaming around out there with its multiples of variants that come and they go. And and fortunately, some aren't quite as bad as the original virus, but we still have to protect ourselves. And Cofix RX, I love it because it's a nasal spray. It's not a pill you have to take. And the idea is really simple. Iodine is an antiviral powerhouse. You spray it up your nose, It destroys the germs and other pathogens. It's really pretty simple. And the mixture is just the right amount. You don't have to mix it up yourself from getting stuff off the shelf at at the pharmacy. And it's also got vitamin D and xylitol, both of which are good for antivirals. So you have to realize, and I'm sure most of us know that we usually get sick by inhaling viruses through the nose. So that's why the nasal spray makes such perfect sense. You pop it up the nose, this squirt and um, nip it in the bud as they say. I want everybody to be healthy for your own sake. And of course, so you can keep listening to America
0: Out Loud Pulse. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called CoFix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered to reduce your chance of getting hurt. You wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. CoFix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger. But sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, You're ready for
1: anything. So, let's get back to our topic. And so we have somebody, Mr. Littlefield here, who was basically disgusted with what he was seeing in the school, somebody who's an educator, and seeing people not being taught how to love but being taught how to hate and he was a social emotional learning specialist so we'll just start this off with saying what is social emotional learning a lot of parents uh know that their kids get sent to school and this is part of the curriculum but don't really know what it is so please tell us
0: well uh the first thing I would suggest is that if this is in your school, I would request to check it out, see what is being taught in in your child's school, and if there are any surveys, and if there are opt-out of any and all of those socially emotional learning surveys any any type of tracking of – I will say that when I first encountered SEL, Social and Emotional Learning, uh, in 2014, I thought that it was the missing piece of public education. I thought it was the, you know, because remember, I I left initially in 2012 because I saw it was – initially a futile fruitless effort that n- there was no good coming from it. So then being an SEL specialist, we talked about, you know, this is where we talked about growth mindset, cultivating resiliency, mindfulness, and the neuroplasticity that's associated with that. And just really – Learning the skills to cope with this really wild thing called life, you know, uh, and Castle, the major SEL organization, they've identified five competencies, which are self-awareness, self-management social awareness relationship skills and decision-making skills and on the surface i mean all of those sound great and we do want to have those capacities developed but around 20 well it was december of 2020 castle shifted the definition of sel to be what they call transformative SEL, and what that is, it, it it's using the philosophies of the newly imposed culture, you know, some people call it wokeism or successor ideology, or people that don't know those terms just know something really weird is happening, but transformative SEL is adopting that framework and the undertone, the underlying philosophy of that framework views the individual and concept of liberty and sovereignty as the problem of society and the problem of humankind, and is actively working to erode. Those concepts of liberty and sovereignty, you know, earlier when I mentioned the bottom up top down revolution that's an example of the bottom up because that's what's taking place in the culture. So we are in our culture in our in our institutions and SEL is now unfortunately a vehicle for essentially eroding the entire classical liberal enlightenment era of human history.
1: Well, the thing that strikes me when you're talking about this is people seem to have an innate way to be and they tend to want to help each other because they want the species to continue. It doesn't help if all your neighbors drop dead and you're the only one there, everybody needs somebody. Um, you know, we kind of all know that, but somehow it's almost sounds like indoctrination rather than just helping kids learn how to help with their emotions and look for the positive in people and, not jump down people's throats at the drop of a hat. And it seems to be just just the opposite. They're, they're teaching them that everything is a microaggression. If you have to wait in line, it's because they're a racist, even though everybody else is waiting in line. All that sort of stuff. So yeah. how did it get so mixed up?
0: Well, I can't answer that question without talking about the essentially the long march through the institutions where that idea of eroding that the classical liberal society was really put into place in the in the 1960s with you know they essentially that the youth movement there And then the idea was over time, if we can take control of the institutions, we'll erode the classical liberal order. So we're just at that third generation. Whereas now, you know, what's being taught in elementary schools now, those ideas, those were probably first taught in society to college students in the 1960s so it's just taken several generations for that ideology to trickle down and now it's just it's the prevalent and dominant and accepted culture and we're just now seeing the ramifications of it and you know we talked about it's it's dehumanizing and it's bringing out our worst human capacities so that's why things just really look so awful and bleak. And one another thing is is that it it is weaponized compassion and good intentions as well because most people when they adopt these social justice practices they are generally doing it from a place of compassion and wanting wanting to help but the the tools that they're being given to help are only purpose for destruction and no matter how much they want to improve things if they keep using the tools of modern social justice modern diversity equity and inclusion they're only going to destroy and ultimately what they're trying to destroy is that pure concept Of liberty and sovereignty so the sooner we can raise that awareness then the sooner people can drop their tools of destruction and then together we can all begin to build with tools purpose for building something beautiful because right now we are institutionalizing and socializing and normalizing tools, purpose for destruction. You know, and and a lot of us have been duped. Well, did your
1: volume drop there? Uh, Oh, there we're back. That one of the things that strikes me and what seems so destructive about it is getting these kids when they're little, when they're kindergarten, first grade, and a lot of times the parents don't even know. And you said this early on, that if you get these surveys, and, and I've seen some of the questions on some of these surveys, and they're outrageous, and they're terribly intrusive, um, opt out, And one of the things the schools are doing, it used to be in my day, a million years ago, when school wanted to do something, parents had to opt in. This, Mm. the way it is now, it's like your kid automatically gets whatever it may be, whether it's sex education, you know, whatever it is, unless you opt out. And a lot of times the parents don't even know that process so it's it's really pretty bad so we have now sometimes parents not even knowing what their kids are learning and then it turns out when they find out the only good thing about covid is it allowed parents to see what these kids were learning is this critical race theory wokeness and that the world is a patriarchy and everybody's a racist, unless you're a person of color and all this. And so what what can you teach kids to fight this?
0: I think it's important to tell kids that this new way of looking at the world is the main thing that it's purposed for is to destroy your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the future generations. Do you think, and this is an important question for the adults and kids to answer now, do we believe that human beings have the right to pursue their life in a way that's meaningful to them without hurting other people to pursue happiness. Do if that's something that we believe in, then we have to abandon these tools of wokeism and CRT. CRT is the, it is purposed for eroded liberalism. That's, that's the gist of it and it is strengthening our human capacities for prejudice to do so so the the new woke culture you know we talk about culture wars it really is uh, a a war in our in our culture and the thing is i i would say 85 to 90% of us do believe in That basic liberalism culture that individuals do have the right to life, liberty, and happiness, and that that is something worth fighting for and preserving. However, the false, you know, the the Republican versus Democrat 50-50 divide has us currently falsely divided whereas if we would unite in our culture and begin figuring out okay how can we begin removing these toxic ideas from our institutions how do we properly audit to make sure that the curriculums and the policies that we are writing are written from a perspective of increasing liberty and figuring out ways to increase the well-being of all people and how do we create systems in which all of us are included and we are all uplifting each other because right now most people are trying to build with jackhammers and it's just destructiveness
1: well, it also sounds like um, kids are almost being taught. Well, the only way to get ahead is to step on somebody else's body, rather than you build up together, and that is so wrong. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. And you know, our brains are wired to accept the culture that it's placed that it's placed in, and right now we are placing. A dehumanizing culture that is also impairing psychological well being. We are placing that culture on an entire generation across this country and across Western democratized nations across the world because this is happening. Not just in America, in this present moment, this is a global phenomena that all citizens are beginning to address, and I hope throughout this next year will continue.
1: Well, it's interesting um that you you know you say it's global, and then of course, it brings it back to my old friend Covid that was a global phenomenon. And so many people reacted in a way that did isolate people, make them more me centered and not people centered. And there was a point where people didn't really need to be that way anymore, but they kept it up and people stayed isolated and this whole generation of kids. And already there's studies that are coming out that show that their speech is delayed and, their social skills are certainly going to be delayed. And this is something we've got to fight to get us back on the right track. After the break, we're going to talk about some specifics. And and I'd like you to give me an example in school, you know, if you have a classroom issue or a child that has an issue, how you don't single them out, but um, kind of Teach kids a nice civil, not a me-oriented, even though you want individual freedom and liberty, it still means the world doesn't revolve around you. So it's it's a balance. And so we'll talk about that balance and what things that you would tell a child in certain situations. In the meantime, I have to thank everybody for listening to America Out Loud Pulse. As you know, we're always a beat ahead. You can hear us on our show. It's on five days a week, 5 p.m. Eastern Time with an encore at 11 p.m. and on iHeartRadio the next morning at 8 a.m. You can listen on the media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. The best part that I like is the shows go direct to podcast in 24 hours. They're on lots of the podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeart. What? The other wonderful thing I like about the show is that it's a different person every night. So I'm on on Mondays, Tuesdays with Dr. Jordan Vaughn and Dr. Stuart Tankersley, Wednesdays with Dr. Peter McCulloch and Malcolm Outloud, Thursdays with Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Ross Bregan. and our Friday nurse Jody O'Malley. she was quite popular, so she has moved to a full show with nurses nurses out loud. And that is on Monday through Friday as well. So I just want to thank everybody again for listening. Bookmark us, AmericaOutloud.com forward slash pulse.
0: Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations americaoutloud.com seven amazing years we know that if america fails the world will fail it is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty america Outloud talk radio the liberty and justice for all HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Now, coming
1: back to our topic, I know people like real examples, you know, so we don't get too theoretical. You have a kid, he's acting up, he's name calling, bullying, whatever it might be. What are some of the techniques that are used where you use this human principle and teaching a kid we're all humans and nobody's better than anybody else we're different but nobody's better than anybody else what are some of the things that you tell this child
0: let's say that this child is already aware of what of empowered humanity theory and they were behaving in this way i would ask that child were you acting in accordance to your values? Because part of empowered humanity theory is students having an identity that is shaped by their chosen core values, things that are important to them about how they want to be treated, how they want to treat others and what's important to them. And usually whenever we are treating somebody poorly, We are acting outside of our values. So I would use that as a time for them to reflect on their values. And then I would talk about the concept of dignity because we are trying to cultivate a dignity lens. And that means that beneath all of our differences, we are all profoundly interconnected with With our our beings essentially that we all have these components within us that we had we share the desire to avoid suffering and also the willingness and the desire to alleviate the suffering of others when we encounter it so whenever we don't recognize that and we choose to see somebody as an other Rather than connected to us, then we're we're doing harm. So I would figure out how do we restore dignity in that situation, uh, you know, because and remind remind both students that both of y'all understand love, understand joy, have experienced loss and disappointment and and sadness and that the more you engage in these harmful behaviors you're you're damaging that and then i would also strengthen i would look at that element of compassion and a way that let's say here's a way i would i could proactively prevent that behavior Is by incorporating compassion and practices that build kindness and compassion for self and others, incorporating those practices throughout the day, because whenever we do that, whenever we practice compassion, we are actually tamping down those bullying desires, you know, the desire to appear superior to somebody the desire for power and all of those bullying motivations frequently engaging in kindness and compassion actually tamps down those negative behaviors
1: that's interesting because there was a psychiatrist uh David Byrne, not the David Byrne that did games people play. This is a guy who was a cognitive psychologist or psychiatrist and uh, dealt with cognitive therapy. And one of the things in cognitive therapy, an example he gave was um, one, you every day you try to do something, you know, you'll succeed at. And two, even if you don't feel good Pretend like you feel good. And the next thing you know, you might feel good. And it sounds so simplistic, but I think with these children, obviously, you know, telling them when they're young, you know, all the fancy dancy psychological words don't mean a whit, but something, you know, something they can do. I, I just think about being young and being in school and there have been bullies. They act like bullying just started last week. There have been bullies since there have been people. And what we did with bullies back in my day versus now, the bullies seem to get away with it. What can you say to a bully? What can you say to the person who was bullied? And and how do you, what, what can you get that bullier, <laughs> the, the bully, to do, to make him see the other person as a human being and not an
0: object. I would immediately say to the child that got bullied, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. And try and work to alleviate whatever suffering had occurred and i would hope that the bully in that situation would observe that they really hurt somebody with their actions so that in the future they would not do that and potentially stop other people from that behavior because that's one of those behaviors that you know i t- i talked about how we all have those capacities for prejudice aggression and cruelty and the more we see somebody as an other the more likely we are to strengthen those innate capacities and bullying is the is the result of strengthening prejudice aggression and cruelty so that's why if we can proactively engage in practices that tamp those down and increase our understanding of each other and our levels of compassion and our self-awareness and our social awareness so that we can build each other up from the inside of each person and then extend that to all of us and right now I'm the only person that is putting out that message and that framework and what this the status quo has been telling me is that those ideas aren't wrong or and aren't really welcome right now but now that we're in the new year and I think more and more people are growing weary of being divided and being driven by fear and judgment and are just kind of exhausted over the past, you know, five to 10 years and the really acceleration the past three years, I'm hopeful that we are all ready to do something different.
1: Well, it seems to me that there are more organizations cropping up fair foundation against intolerance and racism and, and do no harm, which specifically medical. And there's a group called braver angels, you know, which kind of is going for that same direction, looking for our better angels as Thomas Jefferson talked about the better angels. And um, that's what we're looking for. That's, you know, how he said we wouldn't need a constitution if we were all angels. So we hadn't have to have laws. And uh, like you say, I think people are hungry for that sort of positivity after negativity being pounded down our throats year after year after year. And it's interesting, you mentioned the 60s, kind of is the start of a lot of this. I was in college in the 60s, make love, not war, women's lib. And um, it was do whatever you like, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And that's how the idea began. And as you point out, it over these years, it changed to where instead of being liberated, it's really chained us down to a certain ideology and a certain way to speak, a certain way to think now. And, you know, things that used to be science fiction or fantasy, whatever, there was a movie called The Minority Report with Tom Cruise. And there was a a police unit called the Pre-Crime Unit where they would arrest people before the crime was committed. And I kind of feel like we've crept that far now to where the thought police are out there
0: and- Well, it's... quite honestly, that, that, that is, that, that's, a, that's a reality. I, I saw a, a speech, I believe it was made either one or two years ago at the World Economic Forum and they were the lady I, I forget where she was from, but she was talking about the ability to prevent crime with this AI mind reading technology, and she specifically mentioned that there you know there is not a cognitive bill of rights and i have also heard of a, a chinese ai that can detect if you're loyal to the party or not so these technologies are already out there and part of what what the world economic forum calls the fourth industrial revolution and political leaders around the world are talking about the merging of the biological physical digital and techno- technological world just like it's going to happen and that's an example that's where that top down revel aspect of the revolution that I, that I talked about it's coming from there so what you're what you are fearful of is in fact a a Reality that is being discussed and planned about by the central planning organizations.
1: Well, it's interesting to me be, about this rampant crime uh, out here in Los Angeles. I mean, people are sitting at outdoor. Eating areas and their purses are being snatched off the table, their watches are being ripped off their arm. And listening to you talk, it makes me wonder if one of the reasons, and we tried to recall our district attorney because he was very soft on crime, whether this soft on crime is calculated to get people to where they would agree to this AI looking into people's minds, you know, it's like they pushed us so far that say, yeah, I say, uncle, stop them before they come in my house and rob me and rape me. And, you know, because I don't think anybody would agree to that, unless they were pushed in some way.
0: Well, and once you, you know, I'll go back to once you can activate people's amygdala that fight flight or freeze part of their brain it disconnects them from the rational part so if you have people living in fear and wanting safety and security they'll give up liberties and the liberties that we're giving up once we give up these once we give up this fight i, I don't know how if, if humankind will ever come back. Well, they say
1: it's hard. Once you give up your liberty, it is hard to get it back.
0: So I think we really need to consider the health and well-being of the future of humankind before we just casually advance, you know, I heard you mentioned CRT and all of these other elements in our culture that we're advancing because it is it has become the new standard for how institutions write policy and organize and the curriculum that schools put forth so it would behoove us in this moment to come together and really understand what these ideas that society is advancing, and we can go back to doing things in a pro-liberty, in a pro-humankind way. It's just somebody, somebody took those tools away from us, so it's up to us to find them and utilize them again.
1: Well, on that note, I would like you to tell people how they can read more about your insights and ideas and the empowerment
0: movement that you've started. You can check out empoweredpathways.org. You can find me on Twitter at Jason, the, T-H-E-E, human. And those are the two. Two Best Ways. Also, uh, wherever podcasts are available, you can check out Reformation Radio. Uh, it's a little show I put together talking about talking about the world right now and what are some things that we we can do in this moment in time.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. And I'm sure I'll talk with you again. Thank you so much for coming.
0: Thank you so much, Marilyn. I appreciate it.
1: And I want to thank everybody again for listening to the show. And remember, we do have our feature where you can send in questions and send them to americaoutloud.com forward slash pulse. You can have them for the host, for the guest. We'll try to get you an answer um, direct to your email. First names are fine. And uh, we love answering all of the questions, no matter what they are. And I just want to let people know whether you agree with what you've heard or have different opinions, share the show anyway. And um, people enjoy hearing things that they may not always agree with, but it helps us expand our minds and keep us fresh to hear all sorts of things. And that's what our shows are all about. So thanks again for listening. And until next week, say it loud. I'm free and I'm proud.